You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer. And I am super excited to have my friend, Ashley Ray, all the way from Australia. Uh, She is a podcast host and a VA, and she's just the best. I love talking to her. So I'm excited for you guys to meet her and to get to know her and everything she's accomplished, you know, as a business owner. So welcome, Ashley. Oh, thank you so much for that beautiful welcome. That was really warm and beautiful. I feel really bit special now. Well, I'm so glad you really are so much fun to talk to. So why don't you introduce yourself to everybody in case they don't know you? Awesome. Okay. So hi everyone. My name is Ashley. I come, I'm coming at you from Melbourne, Australia uh, to give you a picture of what that's like. It is freezing right now. We're in winter as we're recording and it's like one of the coldest days we've had all year. It's like two degrees Um, I'm wrapped up in several rugs. I love (laughs) podcasts. I'm a bit of a podcast nerd and I run and operate my business with my partner. So partnerpreneurs. And so far we have managed to not kill each other, which is (laughs) quite the achievement. I have to say. Yeah, we should talk about that. So how did you get started (laughs) um, as a VA and as a podcast host and all that? Well, this goes back a couple of years. So I've actually been dabbling in online business for a couple of years, um, but I never knew what I wanted to do. So um, I quit my job in 2016, I think it was. Yeah, 2016, around this time in 2016, actually. And I, Scott didn't know that I, Scott's my partner, and he had no idea that I quit my job. <laughs> and <laughs> he just kind of came home from work one day and found me at home and was like, oh, are you okay? He thought I'd taken like a sick day and I wasn't feeling well. And at dinner that night, I said to him, I need to tell you something, babe. And I've quit my job and I want to start a membership site and run a business. And I think if we can make like $6,000 in two weeks, we'll be okay. Um, that did not happen. So I had this beautiful dream where I was going to run a membership site and I was going to get everything up and running within two weeks, not knowing a single thing about online business. Oh, that's really ambitious. (laughs) It was very ambitious. Like I didn't have the means to hire anyone to help me at the time. Um, I did not even know about Facebook pages at the time. Wow. So yeah, this was really ambitious. I didn't even know how to get a website. Like the only thing I knew was that I had just been introduced to Canva um, through a friend when I'd seen her messing around with it on her computer. And so that clearly didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I spent a lot of time then going crap. Like we need to make money to survive and pay our bills. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. That really didn't happen for a long time. We really struggled financially. Um, We sort of, my partner was a bit like, oh, I don't know about this. I just kind of wish he'd go out and get a job so that we had money. Uh 
as I'm sure a lot of partners out there do. <laughs> um, and then I went back to employment last year. I've had a couple of jobs on and off. I didn't really want to go back to employment, employment, but it was kind of getting to a point where I was like, well, at some point, you know, you do need to be able to pay your bills and be a grown up. Mm-hmm. So I did. I went back and I worked for the government for a while and I actually lost my job in October last year on mm-hmm. October 20th. And I had a few other personal things come up, which has really fed into my journey. And I would like to put a bit of a trigger warning out there for people that this involves um, coming forward to law enforcement about sexual assault in the Mm. past. So this was a big thing. (laughs) And the growth I got from healing from that um, between October and December was enormous. And that I think has really contributed. So I basically spent like two and a half months being really sad and upset and depressed Mm. and processing stuff. Um, Poor Scott was like, Oh God, what am I going to do? Like my girlfriend's a hot mess. Um, And you know, come new years, I was starting to feel, starting to feel better. Like just starting to feel a bit normal again. And, and Scotty and I stayed home on New Year's. We cooked ourselves a really nice dinner. We played Monopoly. We had a few drinks. And this is the story I like to tell because this is actually literally how it played out. We played Monopoly. Scott kicked my butt. And, <laughs> and I mean, like, he really, really kicked my butt big time. And then um, he stepped away from the game board for a while to go to the bathroom I was sort of left alone in the main part of the house. I went to my computer to check Facebook and I just, the the last little bit of this I remember is going, you know what, screw it. Let's do this. And then I woke up the next morning, went to my computer, opened it and saw that I'd actually like on my screen, I'd left my browser open and there was a Facebook page that said, Ashley Ray VA services. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow. So So it was like, a drunken stupor, but at least she didn't do anything bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. And a bunch of my friends had already liked it and started commenting and saying, oh, thank God you're finally doing this. I've been waiting for this. And it was like, oh crap. Now I've got to follow through. <sighs> so wow. that was, that was a really fun thing to wake up to on January 1st. <laughs> well, I think it was the universe or intuition or something leading you because you wanted to do it but you just didn't push yourself until that second when you're like, well, crap, either I have to delete this or I'm just going to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I dabbled with everything. Like, like going back to that example where it was like two weeks and I'll have that membership side up. um, I thought that I was going to be this amazing tantric teacher. Um, I knew nothing about Tantra. I actually hadn't even read a book on it. (laughs) You have such like balls to just be like, I'm going to do this. I don't know how to do it, but I'm doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Really arrogant and really ignorant as well. And I went through several phases with that. Like there was a time where I was teaching people how to create meditations because I'd done a course in hypnotherapy, but there just wasn't much of a demand for it. And quite honestly, having the trauma, um, was a really big factor because that was really holding me back. So nothing really started moving with the business and what was possible until I started to deal with that. Mm, Yeah. And that's been a really, really big part of it. Yeah. That's amazing that you just kind of went for it. So after you 
woke up to that, uh uh-oh, I created a business. Where did you go from there? Well, I kind of sat with it for a day. This happened, I think it happened on like a Friday or a Saturday. I think New Year's was this year. Um, And I just sort of sat with it and was like, well, I've kind of done it. Maybe I should just see where this goes. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I can just close the page down. Like, I'll figure out how to do that. I'm sure that's possible, maybe, on Facebook. (laughs) Um, And then I got to thinking about, well, what, you know, people have been asking me to help with them help them with things. And I literally sat down a couple of days later and I said, okay, well, what do I know how to use and do really well? So I wrote down every system that I had experimented with and that was really easy for me to use. So things like Acuity, Mm -hmm. things like MailChimp and Zoom and Canva. And I just went, what are the things I really don't want to do? Okay. I don't want to write content for people. That's not my jam. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. So I just went and I wrote this list of things I will and things I won't do. And Basically, I had one of those moments where, you know, when you're feeling really in the flow, you're really jazzed about, I don't know, whatever it is you got your mind set on. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote my first promo post and it went gangbusters. That's amazing. I had, yeah, I had like 10 people, 10, my first 10 clients booked in like 10 days. That's incredible because I feel like that never happens. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of rare. I think that that happens, but at the same time, I realize now that I've actually spent two years building relationships with people online and showing up, like, even though I didn't have much of a business to market, I showed up every single day, just about. And when people had questions with these platforms, I was helping them, even though I wasn't selling the services. Which is really what I always tell my clients to do is share value first. And then people want to follow you. They want to work with you because they're like, holy crap, you gave me all this value and you didn't try to sell to me right away. Exactly. It wasn't spammy. And every time like I made sure I got on a call with people because I was actually really nervous about whether or not I was going to be a good fit, um, whether or not I was going to measure up for other people to work with. But I also found that really quickly, it was a lot of me saying no to people and saying, look, we're just not a good fit. You want things that Mm -hmm. I can't do. Yeah. And, you know, there's no, like people were coming to me and saying, can you do video? I said, well, I've I've really clearly said in my post that I can't and I don't work with video, um, but here's someone I can recommend. And that actually ended up forming a really great network of about five virtual assistants I know really well. And we all have really different skill sets that complement each other. So it's actually worked out that when I can't serve someone, I'm referring them to someone else that I know who needs the work and can do it really well. Yeah. That, that for all of you listening, that is a great thing to do. I do that as well because now that I don't do everything under the sun anymore, (laughs) like I did when I first started, I know people that are really good at graphic design, really good at like VA services, really good at video, like whatever they're good at. I refer those people out because I only want to focus on strategy and ads. That's all I want to focus on. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. That's great. I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you feel like has been your biggest challenge in this whole journey of being an entrepreneur? Oh gosh, just one. Like, <laughs> well, this is, <laughs> there's like so many, <laughs> well you don't have to pick just one but what what do you feel like maybe your top two you know I feel like there is a lot of shame that comes with a lot of shame and guilt around 
being an entrepreneur. Like mm. there's the whole guilt that nobody understands what I'm doing. Like my friends and family don't get it. Mm. So there's like zero support there. And that's where you have to go and find your tribe online. It's difficult to do, but there's also a lot of shame in the fact that if you're not making like, there's, there's those stereotypes. If you're not making six figures in six weeks, mm. if, um, you know, if you never make six figures at all, some people really don't want to go there, but to admit that and say that is kind of like blasphemy a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but I also want to say like, personally, if you're holding on to really big traumas in your life, whatever they look like for you, like a family bust up, a bad breakup, um, it could be sexual trauma. It could be anything. Um, that will hold you back if you haven't dealt with it. I've heard therapists talk about it before, but um, I really didn't realize the impact it was having on me until I went, I've got to deal with this because it's gone on too long and I'm sick and tired of it. And I can actually track now financially the benefits of choosing to do that hard work. It's really tough. Like that's the part I found the hardest is balancing um, my needs personally versus what I can do with the business, which is part of the reason why I work with Scott because he is able to step in when I need to step back, mm-hmm. which kind of works in a bit of a really interesting tap dance, <laughs> <laughs> but it really is. I mean, he's able to step in and do most things with little prompting um, when I need to take, you know, a couple of days away. And if I can't respond to clients, he can, and he That's knows great. what's going on. That's great. So what has been your biggest challenge working with Scott? Oh my God. (laughs) So (laughs) figuring out when we work and how we work. Mm. um, This is, I think this is going to happen with any VA that you hire as well, but it's more so with a partner. Scott and I work at very, very different times of the day. And initially that was hard because I'm a morning person. I am finished work at the latest by two 30 every day, just about, and I do not work beyond 5 PM. So, (laughs) I could, I could like easily get up and start working at like six or seven o'clock in the morning, but I, I like sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so whereas Scott is very much an evening guy, he will prefer to start work at around four o'clock and go until like 10 or 11 at night. Oh wow. Um, and that used to be the really big problem because I would be in the morning getting fired up and wanting to follow up and get this stuff done, but I'd have to wait until Scott was up and awake and ready to start his work day. Um, but now like what we've worked out is as long as we systemize, it seriously minimizes our miscommunication. Like Asana has saved us so much in therapy bills. It's ridiculous. I love Asana. Mm -hmm. It seriously just saved us so much money. So that's been a really big challenge, but also Scott was never in this world until a couple of months ago. So he's only recently really learned a lot of these systems and he's still learning. And that can be frustrating too, because I assume he knows mm-hmm. and I don't know what he doesn't know. Um, and he doesn't necessarily like, he doesn't know what he doesn't know either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we both have to navigate that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting that you guys are working together. Cause that's kind of my goal for my husband eventually to work with me. But I don't know. I get a little nervous because I'm like, we do have totally different styles of work and I'm afraid I would be naggy and, you know, <laughs> just, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. And you know what we found worked so well was having really clear boundaries around things to say, okay, we do not talk about work 
in our bedroom. doesn't matter what we're doing. If we're folding laundry in our room, we don't talk about business mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And we have set time. Like I, he knows that I switch off from work at five o'clock if he, like at the latest. And he knows when my downtime is. And in between then, it's fine for him to ask me questions, but it's not okay. And he knows to ask me to start working again. Mm. Like that's my downtime. Um, And vice versa. So I'm not going to ask him to get up at six o'clock in the morning to start working with me because I'm not going to get a good performance out of him. Mm. And the nagging part really started to reduce. Like I started to feel like a nag. I'm like, oh my God, I'm putting so much work on him and he's going to hate it. And we started to get a bit resentful. But once we put some systems in place, um, that seriously saved so much. And then it was like, ah, oh, we're not nagging. It's Asana. <laughs> Asana's <laughs> nagging. That's great. So yeah. do you have any sort of morning routine that helps you kind of start your day on the right foot? I mean, I, I love to ask this question to everybody because I think it's so interesting. Oh, look, my morning routine... <laughs> It's not set in stone because for me, every day is a bit different. Mm-hmm. So, but what, there, there's a couple of things that I do every morning, no matter what time I get up. So every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is I set an intention. I know this, this is going to sound really wanky if you're really, um, if you're a numbers driven person and you don't believe in that kind of stuff, but I actually find that it helps my unconscious mind set, um, set a goal in mind for the day that just sort of runs in the background, kind of like an antivirus program on your computer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. Yeah. And all I do is I set an intention that says, you know what, no matter what happens today, I'm going to look for things that make me feel good that make me smile that make me laugh. Um, and without doubt I do. And I go to bed feeling a lot happier every day that I do that. Um, so I do that first thing in the morning. And then when I get up, like, you know, I do my normal, like, the one thing I do every morning is I have a coffee. That's mm-hmm. kind of like my, it's time to start work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the other thing that I will do is I don't actually normally watch the news first thing in the morning because it's so depressing. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I can't even watch the news anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's real depressing. Um, so instead I actually, I actually love comedy. So I will jump onto YouTube before, like as I sit down with my coffee and I will watch like maybe up to 30 minutes of stand up comedy or something that I know is really funny. So I'll pick like a comedian to binge on or I don't know, just a funny show, like even South mm-hmm. Park or family guy, as long as it's really funny. Um, that lifts my vibe. Like this morning, I, <laughs> It wasn't even funny. It was more that it just made me feel good. I watched American Idol performances on Disney night. <laughs> like, like that just made me feel really good. As long as it sort of makes me feel good and gets like the woman fuzzies happening, yeah. I'm good to go. That's great. And that's, yeah. And that's, it's not a huge routine, but it works. Yeah. I really think uh, pushing up your vibe and like, getting yourself in a, like a happy place is a really good way to start your morning. I totally agree. Amen to that. (laughs) So do you have any advice for anyone who's listening who might be thinking about taking the leap to start their own business? I do. (laughs) Uh, The first thing I'm going to say is don't be afraid to experiment and to get it wrong. 
Mm. Um, really, I think the secret to success with a lot of businesses is that they stuck around and they kept figuring it out. So um, I'm not sure how you feel about this melody, but I really feel a lot of entrepreneurs just stuck at it and, and kept pivoting and kept changing and mm. evolving and not being afraid to show that they'd grown. Yeah, that's definitely been my experience. I mean, I've been doing this six years now and I, yeah, I feel like where I was six years ago and where I am now are totally two different places, but I'm okay with that because I've grown, I've learned, I've changed, I've, I'm always learning. And that's something I don't think I could say that I did in my old nine to five job. Exactly. Exactly. So don't be afraid to experiment. You are going to get it wrong. It's okay to get it wrong. People are much more forgiving than you think they are. Um, And mostly people want to see you succeed. So Mm. even if you do stuff it up, if you get the call time wrong, if you charge the wrong price, like if you get a name wrong, whatever it is, people are really forgiving. Um, My other bit of advice is sort of goes back to what I said before, where it's like, if you've got something really big that you know is sitting there on your shoulder or whispering in your ear that you just haven't dealt with, that's in your personal life. um, You need to deal with that. You Mm. really do because that will hold you back. That will impact your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And my last bit of advice, I'm stretching this, but just know that your self-esteem is not dependent on your business. So it's not dependent on how many likes and follows and how much money you make. Mm, Yeah. You are worth so much more than that. That is great advice. All of that, because I 100% agree. I put that pressure on myself for so many years that like, even now I've been like, okay, I want to make 10 K per month. And I'm like, why do I want to make that? Is it because I just want to say that I can make six figures or is it because I deserve it and I'm worthy of that? And, you know, it's just, it's a whole cycle of learning to trust and believe and yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree. And I only let, like, I've been doing this for not as long as you, but a couple of years now. And I only just clicked with that a few months ago and went, wow, like that makes so much sense. And that is actually when I started to see bigger results in the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really, that's, that's the number one thing I tell people all the time is work on your mindset and the rest will follow. It sounds stupid, but it's totally true. Yeah. It sounds like one of those things where you're like, Oh, I'm so sick of hearing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's King. It's golden for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you online? Awesome. So you can find me um, in my Facebook group. I have a group. It is called the Podcasters Collective, which you can find at bit.ly forward slash podcasters collective, or you can check out the actual podcast, which is called the Virtually Awesome Podcast, which is on all of the apps. All of them. (laughs) Just all of them. Yep. (laughs) Yay. That's amazing. I have loved this chat and I hope everybody else has as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Melody. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.